0: Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to the Psycho podcast, also known as the Science of the Covenant. Well, we are having some technical difficulties. Uh, You should be able to hear us, but you today, for some reason, you can't see us. So. Unfortunately, you just have to uh, if you want to just tune in and listen to us, that's fine. Uh, We got to work out some of the technical things probably during the week so we can have the video. But I digress. It is good to be back. These last few months has been a little bit trying. It's been a lot that's been going on. But in all things, Yah still prevails. So, I'm Boyce, one half of Science of the Covenant. On the other side is my dad, Pastor Richard Washington. Pastor, how is everything going with you today?
1: It's going pretty good. Uh, I've been having a good day so far. Amen. Amen.
0: Now, before we get into it, you know my thing, what I like to do. So, we got to give praise to our king. So, I want you to say with me, hallelujah to our king. S- and say it with me one more time. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. To our king. To our king. May he be praised.
0: So Pastor, what do you have for us today?
1: We we want to start a series dealing with the mark of the beast system. The mark of the beast system. And it'll take a number of weeks that we want to try to thoroughly go over it. So have some comprehension as to what it involves. And that's where we are going today.
0: All righty and I will turn it over to you.
1: Okay. So as I stated, we'll be dealing with the Mark of the Beast system in our day and time. Much interest and focus is upon the Mark of the Beast. Many individuals are earnestly searching for more understanding as to just what is the Mark of the Beast of which the Book of Revelation speaks because many may not understand what the mark of the beast involves, they may conjecture up what they believe it to be. So often when we deal with the critical issues and do not have the proper understanding of them, we speculate or theorize or formulate hypotheses to fit the imagination of our heart. It appears that when there isn't any answers to situations or things which puzzles us just naturally, we come up with some sort of reasoning to satisfy our questionings. In this type of speculative thinking, we may erroneously draw conclusions not based upon the truth. Therefore... What we are attempting to do is to focus upon the mark of the beast from a scriptural standpoint as it relates to events which are taking place in our society. When we can accurately assess what the mark of the beast is, then when we apply this assessment to what it is that we consider to be the mark, then we have a basis upon which we can evaluate what it is. All questions concerning the Mark of the Beast obviously will not be answered, yet I feel that this discourse will be a platform by which those who are seeking to be more informed on this subject can build upon it. It is my prayer that The believers in these last days will become more familiar with the Father's word on this matter of the mark of the beast, since it is he which revealed it to his son, and his son revealed it to John on the Isle of Patmos. So let us pray. Dear Yehoah, in the name of Yeshua, your son, the Messiah, we pray that your spirit may guide us into the proper understanding of the science of the mark of the beast so that we can stand upon the truth and to relate it to others. May the same spirit that inspired John to write the prophecies also give us the inspiration to understand them. In Yeshua's name, we do ask it. And for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. Okay, we want to turn uh, in the book of Revelation, and we want to look at the 13th chapter. Okay, Revelation chapter thirteen and we want to consider verses seventeen and eighteen, which reads, and that no man may be able might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the number of the beasts, or the number of his name. Let him that has wisdom let him that hath understanding his wisdom, let him that had understanding count the number of the beasts for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, score and six. Now, in the study of the mark of the beast, there are a number of considerations of which have a bearing upon our subject. The study of the mark of the beast isn't just an isolated study in and of itself, but rather it is akin to other vital subjects of which enhances It's understanding. Consequently, in the study of the Mark of the Beast, there may be other subjects that need to be understood before understanding the Mark of the Beast. So the Mark of the Beast is not purely from just this title alone, but it is connected with other vital factors or subjects. Moreover, I also recognize that there are those who may be merely interested only in dealing with the mark of the beast alone. So what we'll do for both the individuals who want to know what the mark of the beast is and for those who would like to have a more of a broader scope of it, that we have two sections. For those only wanting to know what the mark of the beast is, we'll call this view the specification of the mark of the beast. And for those who want to observe the mark of the beast in association with how it relates to other factors, we'll f- refer to this view as the comprehensive mark of the beast. So we have the specification of the mark of the beast and the comprehensive mark of the beast. Now, we'll deal with the mark of the beast system. We are basically concerning ourselves with three components, namely the beast, and secondly, his mark, and thirdly, his system system. We're dealing with the mark of the beast system Let us start with who is the beast Then what is the mark And then look at his system Okay So when we look at Revelation Chapter 13 And we look at verses uh, Well we start at verse 15 Revelation 13, 15 and here we are told, the Bible says, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So when we look at that, uh, we will seeing some evidence of this beast. And we go on further to read, and he calls it all, both small and great, rich and poor and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads that they may not, that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name or the number of his name. Okay, so in these verses, there are some emphasis being placed Upon the beast, however this beast spoken of here is referred to as the image of the beast. so naturally, if the image of the beast is spoken of here, would not we want to know in whom image is this beast in so when we look at revelation chapter thirteen and we look at verse number one, the Bible tells us revelation thirteen one. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blaspheme. Okay, so now here the Bible says there's a beast that come up out of the sea. Now when we look at uh, Revelation 13:11, we are told, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So the Bible is saying this beast, the second beast we're talking about, it came up out of the earth. So we have two beasts here. We have the one coming out of the sea and the one coming out of the earth. Now the one coming out of the earth, the Bible told us already that we have read that that is the image of the one that came up out of the sea. So in these verses, there are some emphasis being placed upon the beast. However, the beast spoken of here is referred to as the image, okay? And so when we look at an image, we're looking at something that is imitating that which has gone before it. So Revelations 13, verses 1 and 11 speaks about these two beasts and describes them somewhat in detail, So let us now explore into these two beasts in order to get some understanding as to who they are. So we look at Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And it says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of Blaspheme, And verse two says, and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So the first beast, this beast came up out of the sea. It had seven heads ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his head, the name blaspheme. Now, it says the body was of a leper, his feet as a bear, and his mouth as a lion. So when we look at the symbolisms of this, we want to be able to look at the symbols, and then as we look at the symbols to see what is behind the symbol. Now, the Bible tells us, that a beast came up to the sea. So what does the sea represent? Okay, let us turn to Revelation 17, and we want to look at verse number 15 to find out what does the sea represent. Okay, now when we read in Revelation 17, 15, it says, And he said unto me, The waters which thou soweth, where the whore sitteth, are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. So we see that we talk about the sea, a beast coming up out of sea. It's talking about a beast coming up out of a populated area, and it says that this populated area is uh, is dealing with people, multitude, nations, and tongues. Okay, So that's what the sea represents. And then what about beasts? What does a beast represent? All right, let us turn to the uh, Book of Daniel, because Daniel and Revelation they complement each other. And so in the book of Daniel, we want to look at Daniel chapter uh, 7. And in Daniel chapter 7, we want to look at verse number 17. So we want to know what beasts represent. Now, here Daniel says in the seventh chapter, looking at verse 17, these great beasts, which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. So a beast represents a king or a kingdom. So when you talk about beasts, we're talking about kings and kingdoms, okay? So that's what a beast is. And of course, when we deal with seven, we are dealing with the number of completion or perfection, okay? Okay. Completion or perfection, Okay, now it says they had heads. Now, what is a head? A head is uh, is the what we call the intellect. It is a power of reasoning. It is where we have our rationality. It is thinking. And so, when we talk about a head, we're thinking about an intelligent, thinking human being. And these heads represents the emperor, the rulers, or the kings. So that's what a head is. Usually the emperor, the rulers, or the king, they do the thinking for the empire. And then it talks about 10 heads or 10 horns. And uh, when we look at uh, the horns or the 10, 10 represents universal, okay? And oftentimes when we deal with the uh, uh, Bible prophecy, it may be a universal prophecy, uh, prophecy to cover not only just one geographical area, but it might be talking about the entire world. And when we get into the book of Revelation, we're going to be talking about things dealing not just locally, but dealing with the entire world. And then we talk about horns. Horns in the Bible are similar to uh, beasts because beasts often have horns. And they represent governments, powers, kingdoms, or rulers. That's what the horns are. Now, crowns rep- represent kings or rulers because they're the ones that are uh, governing different areas of the world. Now, when we looked at the beast that we were talking about in the 13th chapter, and we want to turn back there in, in Revelation 13, it, we are told, that the beast that we are dealing with that came up out of the sea, it was a composite beast, which means that it had various parts of various animals. Okay, now when we look at the fact that uh, in verse two of Revelation 13, it said, "And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So now what I want you to do is to think with me now, to think with me. Now, when John writes this, he says the beast which he saw was like a leper, okay? Now, we know that when we go to the book of Daniel, that the leper represents uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 Greece, the Grecian empire, okay? And his feet was the feet of a bear, and that represented the Medio persian Empire, the bear. And his mouth was like a lion, and the lion represented the kingdom of ba- ba- Babel. Okay, now here's what I want you to see. Now, when John was writing this, according to the prophetical time scroll, the, uh, the kingdom that came up last was the Roman Empire but it seems like John is starting uh, from the Greek, the Grecian Empire then he moves to the 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 second Empire which is which was the bear represent medo Persia and then to the lion now when Daniel had division Daniel uh, Uh, Daniel, in Daniel 7, let's turn to Daniel 7 and see how Daniel uh, phrased this. There's Daniel, the 7th chapter. Okay, Daniel chapter 7, and we just want to look at the kingdoms that he foresaw that was picked up in the book of Revelation. Okay. All right, now here in Daniel 7, Uh, here we are given uh, these beasts. Now, when Daniel saw them, they were individual beasts, but now when John sees them, they are all combined together. Okay. Now, Daniel uh, chapter 7, verse 2 says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my night vision, I saw in a vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove, upon the great sea, okay? So it's still talking about that beast that came up out of the sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Okay, now let's look at it. He says, the first beast was like a lion and the eagle's wing, with eagle's wings. And I beheld the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon its feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it verse 5 said and another beast a second like unto a bear and it raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it and they said thus unto it arise and devour much flesh okay okay so now we got one of the lion and of the, of the bear. And then he said, after this, I beheld and lo another beast like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given up. Okay? So we have the lion, the bear, and the leopard. Then he goes on to say, and I saw... In the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces and stamps the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and had ten horns. So now what we're seeing here is a beast that had iron teeth and was represented by iron, a monster made out of iron. Okay, now, when we keep that in mind, if you notice that Daniel saw the kingdom of Babylon by the lion, the Medo-Persian Empire by the bear, and the Grecian Empire by the leopard, and then the Roman Empire by the beast of iron, okay, But now, what we notice in Revelation 13, John starts with the leper beast, okay? So he's starting backwards. But you ask yourself the question, where was the iron beast? Now, here's what we need to understand, is that John, who was put on the aisle called Patmos, to write these prophecies, that he is under the Roman Empire. He is under the Roman Empire. So he's not mentioning it because he's living during the time of the Roman Empire, and looking from the time of the Roman Empire, he's looking to the next empire, which is the leopard, which is the Grecian Empire. And then when he says the, the bear's feet, he's looking to the Medo-Persian Empire, which was the second empire, uh, according to Daniel. And then he look up to the mouth of the lion, which is first empire. So he starts by saying the leopard, and then the bear, and then the lion. So Daniel looked forward, but he's looking backwards. And so that's what that is concerning. So when we have the leopard, we have the Grecian Empire. And when we have the feet of the bear, we have the Medio persian Empire. And the mouth of the lion, we have the Babylonian Empire. Okay. And then uh, what we want to look at, that was the first beast that came up out of the earth. Now the second beast, this beast came up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So we wanna look at uh, 1311, okay? Now it describes this, uh, this beast as coming up out of the earth. So when we talk about the earth, we're talking about a sparsely populated area. And when you study the prophecy, and we look around upon the, 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 the four corners of the earth, what do we see? We see America in Bible prophecy, because I believe this was the only nation at this time was emerging, coming up out of the sea that was not as heavy populated as Europe. See, when we think about multitudes and populations, we think about water. But when an area does not have a heavy population, then we look at it as the earth. So when this beast came up out of the earth, it was not as heavily populated as Europe at this time. But as the pilgrims and the separatists and the people who wanted religion's freedom uh, from Europe, they began to slowly drift over to America. And when they did, it was like an area that was sparsely populated. And we call this the earth, that they were coming up out of the earth. So the beast, again, we're talking about kingdoms and rulers and empires. And this time we are talking about the Americas in which this beast was coming up out of. And it says it had two horns. Now the, word, now the number two represent a witness. They are witnessing something. They had two horns, and he said these two horns was like... A lamb it didn't say it was a lamb it said it was like a lamb and so we know that when the indian was over in this country that one of their stable things or a uh, food and clothing was the american buffalo and if you analyze the american buffalo it, it had it had horns okay it had two horns on his head now <clears throat> Now, these horns uh, was going to represent governments, but it said it had two horns. Now, what were the two horns? Now, one of the horns was going to represent a religious power or what we call the church. And the other uh, horn was going to represent a a civilization or uh, or a state power. So you had the church and the state. And so when you dealt with the uh, church and the state, then the church's power at this time would be the Protestantism and the state would be the Republican or the Republic. So we have the Protestantism and Republicanism. We have these two. We have the church and the state. The church was to be Protestant and the state was to be Republic. Okay, this is what was happening when the Americas or America or North America was being developed. And we look at the time of this prophecy was between uh, 538 uh, AD to 798, which corresponds to the time period of the Bible of the 1260 years. So this is what we are dealing with. Uh, A beast coming up out of Europe that was populated, which is represented by water, and a beast coming up out of the earth, which is represented by America, which was a government government starting off new with Protestants and republics, the church and the state. Now, consequently, what we want to notice about both the beasts that came up out of the sea and the beasts which came up out of the earth is that they both are concerned in some way, to the dragon. Okay, now let's look at this. Let's look at this. They, they, are, they, they are concerned with the dragon. Now, when we look at Revelation 13, 2, it says, and we want to go to the latter part of uh, 13, 2, and it says, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. So it's saying over in Europe, this beast that came up out of the sea, that the dragon is the one that gave him his power, and his seat, and his great authority, okay? Now, when we look at chapter 13 and verse 11, let us notice what verse 11 says. And the Bible says that I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So this beast speaks as a dragon, even though it's the second beast. So what we are looking at is the first beast, was being controlled by the dragon. And the second beast is been co- controlled by the dragon. So let us concern ourselves with the dragon. Here we are told in the book of Revelation who the dragon is. So let's, let's see who the dragon is. So we have the first beast coming up out of the sea, second beast coming up out of the earth. Now we have another third beast. Okay, let's see who the third beast is, which we know is the dragon. So we turn to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to look at a few verses here. Revelation 12, 3 says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven horns up on his heads. Okay? And then verse 4 says, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered to devour, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Okay, now, what are we dealing with? The Bible tells us here is that this beast, which is the dragon, that gave power, authority, and a seat uh, to the first beast, and also is speaking through the second beast, that this is the beast that is controlling both beasts, okay? Now, here's how he describes beast. He says in Revelation uh, uh, 12, 3, that this beast, uh, what we notice uh, about this beast is that It was neither, it neither came up out of the sea or out of the earth. It didn't come up there, but rather, according to the scriptures, it came out of heaven. It says this beast came out of heaven. Here we not only see where the the dragon came from, but we are given a description of him. Okay. So, so it said he was red. Now what, why was he read okay let us turn to the book of Isaiah and we want to turn to the book of Isaiah and in the book of Isaiah we want to look at chapter chapter one Isaiah chapter one and in chapter one we want to look at verse number 18 now Isaiah chapter one and verse 18. It reads as this. It said, come now, let us reason together, saith Yehoah, though your sins be as red as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. So in other words, when he said the dragon was red, red represents sin or transgression. Okay, and oftentimes we see pictures of devil and they are red. That red is pointing out is sinful. Now, the rest of the stuff they talk about, the devil with horns on his head and pitchforks and all that, may come from this image, but all of that may be conjecture. That's not according to the Bible, but his color red is saying that he's sinful. And the Bible said he had seven heads. Now, we know that a head is what we think And we plan. So if it has seven heads, we pointed out that heads can represent empires or uh, rulers and stuff like that. So if they have seven heads, it was working through seven rulers or seven empires. And it had ten horns that represent rulers and and governors and prime ministers. And it said it had ten horns. It was universal. It was controlling. Uh, it was control, trying to control the world. It said it had, had seven crowns upon his heads. So you have seven heads, and they had seven crowns, which meant there were seven rulers. Okay? Now, what we notice also here is that uh, when he deals with those seven heads, heads is the leaders, the thinkers, the ones that governs a country or those that governs an empire. Now, in the same book of Revelation, the one church, of, uh, not Revelation, but Isaiah, in the same book of Isaiah, we turn to chapter 9 and we read, uh, we, read we read verse number 15. Notice what it says. 915 says, the ancient and the honorable, he is the head. So the Bible is telling us the ancient men, they are they were the heads, okay? They were the ones that had the wisdom and the knowledge. So what we are saying is that these empires that we are talking about are the leaders, the ones that had the wisdom to lead, okay? And the seven crowns upon their heads, which means they have been, a, been given authority over their empire to be able to re-rule us. And what we notice also here in the 12th chapter of Revelation in verse number, in, in, in verse number four, it said, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. Okay, his tail drew a third part of heaven. So what, what in this estimation, what does the tail represent? Okay, let's find out what the tail represents. Okay, we're going to go back to the ninth chapter of the book of Isaiah to see what the tale represents. Now, here in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 15, this time we want to go to the latter part, the latter part of this verse, and it says, the prophet that teaches lies, he is the tale. So I don't know anybody to tell more lies than Satan. And so that's the tale. Those who are telling the lies, they are the tale. Okay, and so it's saying the devil had a tale, and you know that he works through the false prophets. The tale, the tales that he is telling, I'm not talking about his tale, but the tales, the messages that he has. He's a false prophet, he doesn't tell the truth. So when we say his tale, we're talking about the fact that Satan, uh tells lies. And so he said that false prophet, that's the tale. Okay, let us turn to the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, we want us to go to the ninth chapter also. And we want to look at the ninth chapter and we want to look at verse number 19, Revelation nine nineteen. It says, for their power is in their mouth, okay? See, that's how you tell a lie out of your mouth. And in their tails, he said their power was in their mouth and their tails, okay? All right, it said, for their tails drew, their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt, okay? Now this gives us an indication that when we talk about his tail, the tail reveals the results of an action. In other words, the Satan had a head and he had a tail. The head thinks of things to do and initiates that, but the tail reveals the cause and the effect. In other words, when we think of something and we carry it out, the head thought it up, but the, the, the tail tells what the results were. Now, when we look at the 13th, the 12th chapter, it said, and his head drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And we know that the stars were the angels cause star in some places in Revelation represents the angels. So the resort of the tale uh, was the fact that when he sinned and lied, he drew a third part of the angels so the tail is telling us that it reveals to us that when satan fell what was the results of his uh, of his fall was that his tail resulted into getting a third of the angels to come with him so when we talk about the head and the tail the hell the head thinks of but the tail of the beast that represents the dragon is telling us the results of what happened when the dragon was telling falsehoods and what the results were and the results were from cause to effect that when he told this in heaven that a third of the angels believed and they followed him out of heaven now we just kind of briefly dealt with the beast there and we're going to close with that and then we'll deal with another, another segment to follow that up. But we want to deal with the beast first and then as we deal with the beast then we'll try to deal with his mark and then with his system.
0: Okay, so just to
1: uh,
0: reiterate, you said that there was a beast that came out of the sea. Mm-hmm. There was a beast that came out of the earth. And there was a beast that came from heaven.
1: Right. Those three.
0: And the beast pretty much represents uh, different kingdoms of different nations. Mm-hmm. And now, again, um, you said that America represents one of the beasts coming out of the earth or the water?
1: No, he came out of the earth because uh, if you notice in the book of Revelation, when it speaks about the beasts coming out of the earth, mm-hmm. it was a, it was an area uh, during 538 uh, AD to 1798. Matter of fact, that was borderline when George Washington was becoming the pre- first president uh, in round about 1798 of the United States. And when you search the globe, the only nation that was young and mature at that time uh-huh. was was the Americas, um, of whom people say Columbus discovered, but there were people here, okay? okay. And so when we match that with Bible prophecy, it turns out to be Amer- North America that was a nation that was young, and it was a beast, but it was characterized by having two horns like a lamb, which I pointed out. Uh-huh. May have been the American buffalo.
0: Mm. Okay, so now, who was the beast coming out of the water?
1: Well, that was the beast over in Europe. See, Europe was heavily populated. If you remember, during the religious freedom, uh-huh. that uh, uh, the pilgrims they came to America. And they had a group they called the Separatists. They came to America. Uh You had a group they called the Anabaptists. They came to America. All of these people was coming across the sea to get religious freedom because church and state over in Europe, especially in Germany, Uh the church and state, uh, I think even today, the church and state in Germany, uh, they are together. And they were trying through the Catholics to make people worship the way they wanted them to, because they were saying only the priests could read the scriptures, but Martin Luther said, wait a minute, no. He says, he protests against the Catholic Church and says, uh, everybody can read the scriptures. He said, we all can read and understand the scriptures, not just the priests. Mm -hmm. And so in order to get their religious freedom, then under Luther, Martin Luther, that's when the scriptures uh, was trying to be read by the common man, and they felt in order to get religious freedom, they couldn't do it in Europe because they were being persecuted. And If you look at the Inquisition and how many people died under the Inquisition mm-hmm. that was spearheaded by Romanism, I mean, it's astonishing. So these people, they came to America to be able to establish a religion that they can worship out of, out of the dictates of their own conscience, and they didn't need any priests to interpret the Scriptures to them. So that's why they came here, to get religious freedom.
0: But I wonder, is it, you know, even though they tried to came here, come here to get religious freedom, really did they get it? Because, I mean, how are we looking at things now? Do we really have religious freedom? Because if it goes anything, as we have seen within the past few years with this whole pandemic and everything, that what the government say goes.
1: Yeah, well, this is why I was pointing out that the beast that was giving them the power was the dragon, it was the devil. No, mm-hmm. it's not going to go right because what it is teaching us, it started off pretty good, mm-hmm. but once the dragon or the devil gets into it, he's 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 going to start the same thing over here that he did over in Europe. So See, over I, there... they re-
0: mm-hmm. No, go ahead, I'll wait to you for...
1: I was just saying, over there in Europe, he started to persecute them. If you didn't believe... The church says over there, they mm-hmm. persecuted, and it's going to reach a time, and even if it's not already started over here, if we don't believe uh, what the Protestant churches are saying that is behind the mark of the beast, uh, this dragon is going to stir them up to be able to stir us up, and he's going to start religious persecution. And the Bible says they won't be able to buy and sell unless they have the mark of the beast, which means that it's going to be a law that if you don't do what they say, that it's going to be a law that the executive branch of the governor says you will be killed. Now that haven't happened yet, Uh just like they did Uh over in Europe. They killed them. They're going to do the same thing over here. No, they're not going to have peace here because whenever the, the dragon speaks, the dragon doesn't speak peace. He speaks war. So, okay.
0: So I guess that's what the difference is because a lot of people feel, you know, some have said that the vaccine They feel was the mark of the beast, but the difference is they haven't put out a decree yet to basically say that you're going to
1: die. Well, we don't, we don't, we haven't got to the mark yet. Yeah. True. Yeah. We haven't got to the mark. You know, that might be a result of the mark, but we haven't got, we only just identified the beast here, Uh but we haven't gotten to his mark.
0: And so you also were saying that the Buffalo horns represented two governments.
1: Uh, well, uh, not so much two government, but, uh, the horns or two entities. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was America, but America was going to be governed, uh, by the church and the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the church and state would be separate. You have the Republicans and you had the Protestants over at this nation at this time, because many of the co- Catholics who went along with it, uh, they may have stayed over in their country. Now, some people who may have wanted to break away from the Catholic Church, just like many of the Protestants, you know, that when you trace them down, uh, then they didn't go with the Catholic Church. They came over here and established established their own religion. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of of that, when you came here, when they got started, they had the church, which was Protestants, and they had the government, which was Republic. And so those two entities would— be representative of a religious power and also a governmental power. Mm-hmm. And they would represent the horns on the buffalo.
0: Now, also, uh, could you further er- elaborate on Republican? Because you're not talking about the party, are you? When you s- not say Republican.
1: Uh, when you look at. Uh, so I just uh, want that re- to re- be
0: clear because some people may tie when you say Republican to, uh, you know, is it. Part of the uh, one of the parties here in America.
1: No, we're not talking about the uh, the elephant and the donkey. No, that that's uh. not what we're talking about. In other words, we're talking about a society that was being based upon the fact that you 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 had the the, the freedom to be able to exercise your religion, but even in the government government society, uh, it would be regulated by laws that were to govern the United States. Now, what we have to understand is that when George Washington came in, that a republic was also coming in. You know, they were thinking about, you have uh, around about 1798. Now, when you had the Boston Tea Party around about 1775, they were already geared towards uh, building a republic, Mm -hmm. you you know, where we have the freedom of being able to exercise our right in a very uh, what we might call a humane a uh, uh, way, but see over in Europe, since the church and the state was together, then what you did in the church could be governed by the state, and what you did by the state could be governed by the, by the uh, by, by the religion. Okay. This is why the kings and, and 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 the pope often often had a had a had a, had, had, had a riff because you had the you had the religious power saying. Well, uh, the priests or the religious power is over the church, but the government was saying that the governmental power is over the church. Mm-hmm. That's why you had it. But when you came to America, you didn't have to deal with that because church and state was separate. When you dealt with the government, it dealt with the laws, you know, to regulate according to how you perform in society. But when it came to your belief, they had nothing to do with that. They couldn't persecute you. Why? Because the church and state was separate.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, now and, and you also said that the two beasts have ties to the dragon, and the mm-hmm. dragon was the one who gave the power
1: to the government. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, see, the beast was the uh, was the dragon, mm-hmm. and we know a revelation. According to Revelation uh, twelve nine, it says that the dragon was the devil. So when the devil speaks, where does he speak from? He speaks from the legislative halls, okay? When Mm. he says that the dragon speaks, that's the government speaking. And so when the government speaks and eventually pass laws that said you, you, you have to receive the mark or the number and all of that, then what he is saying is the devil is speaking through our government leaders, and they are speaking what the devil wants them to speak because it says both, the, uh, the red dragon, which was uh, representative of the devil, he gave the first beast, came out of the sea over in Europe, the power. And then mm-hmm. when they came up, the second beast came up out of the earth, he spoke again. And he's speaking through the legislative halls to say to the Protestants and the church and the state and the Republicans is that uh, eventually what you started off innocent it was like a lamb, it was like a lamb. It started off innocent, but the lamb which represented Yeshua, it didn't end up that way. it was it only started and so when he started speaking through the legislative halls, through the Protestant churches, and then that is where we get uh him having their authority from the dragon, so both beasts uh dealing with the dragon, the dragon is speaking uh through them. Uh.
0: Wow. And basically to the tale of the dragon is basically a metaphor for his lies, not a physical tale. It's just a metaphor for it.
1: Yeah. It's like it's it's a symbol of the fact of cause and effect. Uh In other words, when he thinks about something that is devilish and then he carries it out, then that's that's the tale. Mm-hmm. You know, the tale is the result of an evil act that he is carrying out.
0: And so the, 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 when it said he took, what, a, a third of the angels yeah. in heaven? Mm-hmm. So basically, it basically was saying that he took a third of the angels in heaven by his lies mm-hmm. to yeah. them.
1: Yeah, and when you read Revelation, it's constantly talking about the false prophet. The false prophet is the tale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They tell lies.
0: Mm. so (laughs) we get all caught up in the physical aspect of the dragon with the horns and the tails but in our actuality if we're looking at that we're probably missing that it's not the physical aspect it's the metaphoric aspect of what it means that the tale is about all his lies and trying not to fall for his deceitfulness and his lies.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, you can can take the metaphor even a little uh, more scriptural when the Bible says that uh, when you go back to the Torah, which is, you know, the first five books of the Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, the Torah Torah teaches uh, that Elohim revealed to Moshe, he said to Moses, he said, I, I I want you to be the head and not to tell mm-hmm. so in a mm-hmm. in a way he's saying that uh I want you to you you to be the head and and doing right and not to tell mm-hmm. because the tail is where you where you're gonna start telling lies, okay, but the fact is is that behind the tail is the fact that he thought of evil and then he carried it out, and the tail is an indication of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. You know,
0: I guess you must to you had to give beings cuz I I would think that the angels which was made differently than us and 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 I believe made to serve he still gives them a choice. Hmm. You know, it seems like everything he makes he gives a choice to. Because if if they didn't have a choice he could have, uh I, I don't think things would have went the way they have went in heaven with Satan and whatnot, you know. And it's just interesting that, you know, he doesn't force, us, force any of his beings to do anything. It's like the angels mm-hmm. that, that uh, worship him and serve him, they do it out of love and out of respect mm-hmm. for who yeah. he is. They don't do it because... Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, they are forced because, I mean, they could have left with the other third of the angels, but some of them Mm -hmm.
1: did. Right. They could have. But he has given us choice and the same choice that he gave the angels, same choice that he gave our first parents. And the same choice he gave our first parents is the same choice that he gave us. Yeah. But, you know,
0: it's interesting to see with everything that's going on, if you really start to look deeper you will start to see that Satan is the opposite. He doesn't want to give you a choice. It's his way or the highway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either you're going to do what he wants you to do or he's going to take you out. He's a dictator. hmm You know, and, and it's something how we as a people, especially if you've been born in America in and, and, and a place that's supposed to be the land of the free, home of the brave. Mm-hmm you know, with everything that's going on, seem like you would start to see the dictatorship in the
1: whole thing. Yeah, it seemed like you would, but sometimes if we're not into the word and uh, trying to discover what his will is and just go from day to day without really getting into his word, then we we become prey to that. And we're not even aware that we are uh, become a prey uh, to the dictatorship that is, that is, that is going on. Mm. And then when we look at the news and the news on the six o'clock is just reporting one narrative and
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, they certainly are not promoting his word, but it's amazing how we'll get into the church and talk about what the government is doing, but the government is mm-hmm. sure not telling what the word is saying. Yeah. So this is why it behooves us that we get in the church. We don't need to talk about what the government doing because we already know, but we'll get into the word and see what's behind the government. Yeah.
0: And so you're going to have more in the coming weeks in the studies with the Mark of the Beast.
1: Yeah, we're going to try to deal with it in three phases. We're going to look at, uh, like today we dealt with the beast. I mean, we will still continue to deal with it, but then we want to deal with the Mark of the Beast. Okay. okay. And then from the Mark of the Beast, we want to go to the system. He mm-hmm. has a, he have the Mark of the Beast system, and that's where we want to look into the Mark of the Beast system because I think a lot of people... They, they they are just looking at the mark of the beast, but mm-hmm. they're not looking at the mark of the beast system. So we want to deal with that system, too.
0: Because the system, once we know the system, we kind of know what to look for mm-hmm. in regarding the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think you're right. I think most of us, we are looking for the mark, but we don't know what the system is. Right. And not knowing the system, you know, you're not going to know. You're going to assume okay, uh they tell you, you know, I got to get a chip in my hand. Well, that yeah. might not be the mark. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, cuz it may not fit what right. the system says of the mark. Right. So, if you're listening, I implore you to keep continuing to uh this is going to be a very interesting series to learn more about the mark. So, uh, we, like I said, we'll be on every Shabbat, every Saturday at 1 p.m. and all uh, you don't want to miss it. And with that, let's go into our next segment.
1: Up next is Let's Talk About That.
0: Well, this week I want to talk about, and Pastor, I'm going to ask you, but mm-hmm. before I get into it, if you have your Bible still with you, We want to turn to Proverbs, the third chapter, and we're going to read uh, verses five through eight. And that's again, Proverbs, the third chapter, and we're going to read verses five through eight reading. Trust in El Yahuwah with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahuwah and depart from evil, and it shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. My question is this, Pastor. Uh, is getting the vaccine, would that be a sin?
1: Well, the uh, only thing about when you, when you say would it be a sin uh, I think you, first of all, you have to determine, you know, what is sin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sin is to depart uh, from the commandments that he has given. And sin is not only something that we do, but sin is something that we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we say, is it a sin to take the vaccine? Then... I would say that the individual who's taken it has to determine for oneself. In other words, I cannot be the conscious of another person and neither can another person be the conscious for me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think they le- they asked LeBron James, did he take the vaccine? And LeBron James just came out and said, that's his personal business. Mm-hmm. And that's, what he's looking at it from. And I can say the same thing. Whatever you take is your personal business. I cannot legislate for you what's right or wrong. I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, even I go so as f- to say, even the government cannot legislate what's right or wrong for you. Because when you study uh, what they call it, the Moderna and the uh, Pfizer, and the Johnson and Johnson, when you look at the ingredients in there, uh-huh. well, me personally, I might see something in, in 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 there with my health condition that it wouldn't be wise for me to put into my system. Uh-huh. Okay, another person may may see that maybe that may not bother one system, and with their knowledge of it, they may take it. Uh-huh. And with another person's knowledge, they may not take it. Then what you're dealing with is the fact that there are what you call the HIPAA laws that says that a person's medical record should not be displayed publicly. And they have this in hospitals. So this would mean that uh, even if you didn't want to take it, then you don't have to reveal your medical advice to anybody. Now, the thing that I would consider is not so much uh, whether they should take it or not, but the thing that I would consider is why are you taking it and why aren't you taking it, you, you follow? And I think that poses upon the individual choice. It's just like some people uh, may, may be uh, doing something that is right, but yet and still another person may do the same thing that they're doing right. They may not do it at all, but the individual may, may be living up to all of the truth that they know. Let us take a case, a case example. Uh, if I'm a person that knows the dietary law of the Bible, that I shouldn't eat pork. Uh-huh. If I eat it, it'd be sin. But if another person that has no knowledge of this, they eat it, it may not be a sin. So when you talk to the vaccine, it's according to your conscience and the knowledge that you have about it to make an informed decision is up to the individual because I can't say it's wrong or right, but I have to put it in a context to say that the Bible says, you know, he that knoweth to do good and doeth not, it is sin. Mm -hmm. And the Bible also says that we should also avoid the very appearance of evil. So if it's evil to me, I shouldn't take it, but if it's not evil to me, maybe I would. But it's up to the individual with the knowledge and the light in which they have to know is it sinful or not to take it. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says, at the time of your your ignorance, you know I worked at it. He said, but now that you have knowledge, you know no you're no longer ignorant. So therefore, if you do something that you know is wrong, then it could be sin. But mm-hmm. you have to put it in a context.
0: So then if they say they put some parts of the pig or swine in the vaccine, mm-hmm. and you know that y'all on swine mm-hmm. and all. So it's basically a sin if I was to take it, knowing
1: that that component is in there. Yeah, but you speaking for yourself. But see, you don't know what the other person who may be taking it knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For you, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought I made that pretty clear that if if you know to do good and you don't do it, then that's sin. So what? What? What, it, what about if a person they know,
0: they uh, study scripture. They know eating pork is a sin. You know, the pastor preaches about it and whatnot, but. I know a lot of people who would go and get medication. And to be honest, I've done it myself getting medication and not knowing what's in it. And so is that still a sin not knowing or, or should we still do our due diligence and find out what's in it before we put it into our bodies?
1: Well, you were saying that you, 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 you were saying you knew, knew about it and you did it.
0: No, I'm saying, uh, Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've gotten medications and taken medications without doing some thorough investigation to find out what's in that medication. So
1: repeat your question again, because so, I, I was under depression. You were saying they knew it and they still took it. Well, they're sin, but so give me your question okay. again.
0: People know, like suppose, you know that, um, you, you know that, Pork is not good for you or swine. Y'all speaks against it in scripture Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you go and get a medication for an illness or whatever the case may be, the vaccine, whatever. And you don't do your due diligence by finding out what's in it. And so not finding out what's in it and you still take it. Would that still fall up under as a sin or you just don't know?
1: Well, you got, two, you got two questions there. You, you're saying that if you know about pork mm-hmm. and it's in there and you take it, okay, so your two questions is you saying something you know and you go against, but then when you get it But no, true, you
0: don't know what's in it because you just took it, but, because, but you, you, you got some medication, you took it without finding out what was in it, and that swine is in there. And yeah, you know I'm, swine is wrong.
1: Yeah, but I was getting ready to address that. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, my addressing is you're saying that you know that pork is wrong. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, now you got two premises here. The first premise is if you know it's wrong and you, 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 you take it into your system, then that could be a sin. But you're saying if they know it, but they're not reading the instructions, so if they're uh-huh. not reading what's in it, they don't know it. Uh-huh. See, a lot of people, when they get medication, when it comes to their sickness, they don't bother about reading the labels. They just get whatever's going to relieve them of whatever symptoms or cause they have. Yeah. So that's a a different scenario. They still don't know because they haven't read. Okay. So what we have to get them into doing is that when we go to doctors and places that they give us medicine and go to the various place that we can get generic medicines and all of this, we have to read the labels if we're going to purchase and see what's in it. Mm -hmm. And those who go to doctors, they have to ask them, what is in this? Mm -hmm. They have to be more uh, proactive in putting stuff into their bodies. And then when they get a knowledge of it through inquiry, then if they see things that uh, are against what the Torah or the Bible said, we could take in our body. And then if they have a knowledge, then it could be some sin. But Mm -hmm. if they have a knowledge of it and don't read it, that's one thing. So our people have to become informed. Now, there was a time that even when we bought canned foods and other groceries, we were reading labels, but somehow even with food itself, Uh, we sometimes are not reading the labels. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to medication, we're not reading labels. So we must learn to read the labels and become uh, informed so that we can make a decision whether we're going to take it or not. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: See, another thing that we have to understand is that a lot of times, even if you took pork through the mouth, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that it has more of a chance not to be detrimental to you than when you start taking things into your body through your skin. Elohim designed that uh, when we take things orally, Mm -hmm. it can take out a lot of the stuff that may hurt us orally. But if you take it through a vaccine and they pump it in through your veins or putting it into your body, that's an abnormal way to get nutrition and stuff into your body. So it doesn't really have the chance of going through all the hydrochloric acid in your Mm -hmm. body and all the uh, necessary things that can rid the body of a disease Uh when it goes through a vaccine through a needle that's abnormal to the body the body is used to taking things orally to be able to digest so that is another factor to consider not just reading the labels but how you take things and ingest them into the body
0: so taking things internally through the body orally it has a chance of filtering out the negative things that could negatively Mm -hmm. impact you, but getting it intravenously, um, it lessens the chances of your body being able to go through the proper channels to fight off whatever is in that thing.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Now, now is it possible that we can put vaccine doctors and government as our idols? Yeah, well,
1: you can, uh, you know, there are people who are spearheading the, uh, these vaccines. It's not only, you know, to get it to the people and it's not only to make everybody take it, but one of the main things that you're dealing with when you, when you deal with the vaccine, it's a lot of money to be made because every time Mm -hmm. we may take it free, somebody is paying for it. And so those who have invested in these particular vaccines, they stand to gain a lot of economical power. Mm-hmm. So so if you got your money behind it, then you are most likely to to push that product because it's not just that you're going to uh, be able to get people to take it, but <laughs> which when they, when you develop these things, you also... Uh, being able to get some stock into it. And a lot of people, they play the stock, and they know if we got stock, you know, these companies that are producing this, then that means more money for them. Wow.
0: And I have one last thing before we get ready and close out. How can we distinguish Yah's healing from Satan's supposed healing? What can we do uh, to know the difference between the two?
1: Well, I, 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 uh, well you know, it's interesting that you asked that because a lot of people, when you talk about the, uh, the coronavirus and whether you just take the vaccine or not and stuff like that, uh-huh. a lot of people say, well, they follow science. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, well, if you follow science, one of the first things you got to understand if you follow science is who is the scientist? Mm. You know, okay, now uh-huh. now, when you deal with this science, then the scientists are the person that you have to deal with. And so you got two branches. You got one branch of science, which we call the true science. Okay. And then you got a pseudoscience And we know in the Garden of Eden, the pseudoscientist was the serpent. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then when we got true science, when you look at it, that was Elohim. He was a true scientist. So now when you got a true scientist, he lays out to you the necessary uh, medical program that one needs in order to be able uh, to follow and to get the healing that one needs. Okay. Uh But when you follow a false science, then what you are dealing with is a science that is detrimental and against the human body. Okay. Now let us consider the true science. Okay. Mm Okay. Now, here in the book of Revelation and Revelation 22, verse 2, it says, it said, and in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river there was a tree of life which are, which bear 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Okay. Now, if we take this all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Everything in that garden was okay, except the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil, okay? And that may have had some qualities benefits, but it's the fact that Elohim told them not to eat, and they ate it. So what I'm saying is, Elohim says, if I'm your scientist, then I'm going to point you to the earth of things that I've created for you to eat, and everything that I've created for you to eat is very wholesome for you to partake of because I made the human body and I made it from the soil of the earth. And so therefore the things that come from the earth that I put there Mm -hmm. are the things that are going to be beneficial to the human body to be able to help it to heal. So now one of the things that we consider is that many doctors, when they practice medicine, they take what they call the Hippocratic oath. Now the Hippocratical oath come from Hippocrates. Mm -hmm. Now Hippocrates says that he would not put anything that is poison into the human body. He would only put things that are wholesome. Okay. And he's the one that coined the slogan that says, your food is your medicine and your medicine is your food. Elohim has placed all of the medicines and the herbs of the earth that if we properly understand those herbs, we can take them internally and they can cure us of the things that we are having maladies with. Mm-hmm. So now when we consider the the science, the pseudoscience, then the scientist is Satan. And what does he do? He takes the same plants and goes into the earth and he alters those. And not only does he take the same plants that alter them, but he would take even plants that are poisonous plants and have us to be able to take it into our system. Mm-hmm. When we deal with cocaine, marijuana, and all of these particular things, and then when he takes the good plants in the laboratories of earth and he turns them around, he he reorders what Elohim is placed there. So when you take it into your system, then it's going to disrupt the system. Uh-huh. And a lot of people say, well, I took this particular drug or something and it helped me. Yeah. And then it has a side effect. Now, what is a side effect? Well, it seems to deal with what you're taking the drugs for, but then you have another cause that you call a side effect, then you have to take another drug for that. And then when you take that drug, it produces another side effect, and pretty soon you may be taking 17 different uh, type of uh, uh, drugs, which the Bible calls uh, pharmakia, Mm -hmm. which means drugs in the book of Revelation, that when you take all these 17 different types of drugs, it alters your system, and at the same time, it doesn't really cure the cause It just deals with the symptoms, and it keeps moving the symptoms around in your body. So when you talk about the science of it, you got the science of the dragon, and you got the science of Elohim. So you have to make a choice. Which scientists are you going with? Yeah. Wow. So
0: he said he said he left us with the leaves for healing
1: and yeah, it talks all you know, say so you can go to the book of uh, Ezekiel he talks about the same thing that John uh-huh. is talking about here and in the Garden of Eden when you deal with Adam you know all of that stuff that he wanted us to have is right there in the earth
0: so so do we even if everything is in the earth do we even need these contacted medicines that man produce and is it really man who produced it? That Satan may have gave them the knowledge to produce these things.
1: Yeah, well, some 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 people they just like I said. The dragon, when he speaks, you know, he can speak to the individuals, and they can carry out his wishes. Not only with the government, but also with these institutions Uh that are developing all of this stuff. He can speak to them. Just like I said, when Hippocrates, when he was here on earth, uh. He believed only wholesome stuff should go in the body. And so this is why the doctors take the hypocritical oath. Mm -hmm. So if you got a doctor, you ask him, Did you take the hypocritical oath? Because if you did, that means you wouldn't give me anything harmful. Yeah. But we're finding out today that many doctors, they don't even take the oath Mm -hmm. because they know that they are in cahoots with the drug companies in order to be able to produce these type of drugs. And if they take the hypocritical oath, they'll be going against their conscience. But they don't even take it. They just go to medical school. And once they learn the drugs, they go with that because there's more money. And at the same time, not only is it more money, it gives the people a quick cure. So they go with that. So you have to take, you got to understand that if you go to the doctor, you got to ask him, did you take the hypocritical oath? And if you're concerned about that, if they say they didn't, you may want to get another doctor. But if you don't care anything about it, then you don't really even need to ask the question. You didn't take anything they give you. Yeah.
0: But, you know, I, I don't think people think of it as a uh, a revolving door because what basically is just like you said, you take one medication who may cure one symptom, but it affects another, which affects another and they give you another medication for that. And what it seems like is a system where they keep coming, having you to come back because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody I know that take more than one medication, they have to go see their doctor every so months. And that money starts to pile up continually. But I have known mm-hmm. people who have taken the herbal remedies for things coming from the earth. Don't have no side effects. And they be they were able to heal themselves. Just like I, I mm-hmm. was watching the guy's video the other day. He was talking about how he had cancer. Mm-hmm. And he said the doctors couldn't understand how he got rid of his cancer because he said... He did just a couple of things. He drunk uh, some honey with, uh, I think, baking soda and, I think, some sour soursop, uh, some plant of the earth called uh, – I think it's a fruit called soursop. Mm-hmm. And he drank that every day, and he was talking about he detoxed his system, flushed his system because he was saying that every pretty much three months at the beginning of the season – that you should flush your system, detox your system. And he said he did that, and he was able to cure his cancer from his body. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. But I know it seems like when people who have cancer, they go get the chemo and whatnot, it may destroy the cells after some period of time, but a lot of times it ends up coming back.
1: Yeah, well, not only that, it, chemo can destroy the cancer, but it's also destroys some of the good cells in the body as well.
0: Yeah, true, true. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think it's one of those things, you know, we have to start putting Yah in all that we do and confer with Him first no matter what, you know. And like you said, you know, ask the doctor, have they taken a the hypocritical oath and <clears throat> all? And if not, you know, I, I'm just curious too to see if any, you know, if to talk with a homeopathic doctor to ask them, have they taken a uh, hypocritical, hypocritical oath? You know, because I know they deal with a lot of the uh, herbs and stuff of the mm-hmm. earth and whatnot in their treatment for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we hope you have enjoyed our podcast for today. We would love for you to keep the tuning in to us every Shabbat at 1 p.m. If there's any changes, we will alert you on our website. And as he stated from now, we will be broadcasting live stream from our website, which is Psycove.com. S as in Sam, C as in Carol, I as in Isaac, C as in Carol, O as in Oscar, V as in Victor.com. Psycove.com. We no longer will be broadcasting through YouTube or any other places, but it's just basically going to be through our website, psychove.com. Also, if you are unable to tune in to our live broadcast on Shabbat, you will be able to catch and listen through the traditional means. You have been on the podcast. Only thing it will be a week later. So if you are listening to this podcast, it's a week later. So, Pastor, before we go, can you give us a word of prayer? Okay.
1: Loving Father, we thank you for another Shabbat. And as we go through it, may you give us a Shabbat and also a blessing that as we have taken time to lay aside our labors and to be able to worship and to give you praise, that we may be delighted to know that through the things that we've done and said, and because we have been faithful in doing what you've asked us to do, that we'll be refreshed to go into another week. Continue to bless me and my host. Continue to bless each listener. And most of all, help us to make the application of the things that we learn in our lives, that when Yeshua does come, that we can find ourselves walking in the path that he has laid out. These blessings and others we ask in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah. And for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. <coughs> amen.
0: But the mercy of Yehovah is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto the children's children to such that guard his covenant and to those that remember his commandments and to do them. Until next week. Shalom.